Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio Broadcast with Michael Boldea. This is the Light of Truth Radio Broadcast. I am, as always, your host, Michael Boldea. And, um, well, it's good to be back with you. Uh, we missed last week. Hopefully the recording was American prophetic and it was uh, spot on given the times that we're living in. Because like I said, uh, we're uh, ahead of the trend by a few months, but uh, the trend always uh, seems to catch up. So as always, thank you for joining us. Yes, this is a recorded broadcast. We are recording this broadcast uh, Let's see, July the 14th, the year of our Lord 2021, which also happens to be Gino's birthday. So uh, happy birthday, Gino. Um, And it was also my grandpa's birthday, oddly enough. I remember that. Uh, And the reason I remember it is because our area code in California, when we used to live in a two-bedroom apartment with a very noisy, um, alcoholic neighbors and thin walls, uh, the, the area code was uh, actually 714. I still remember the phone number. I still remember getting the calls at 3 o'clock in the morning uh, because apparently people didn't know uh, the difference between Pacific Central and Eastern Time. Uh, so uh, it, fun times those were. But um, I, it, it's not that I'm nostalgic over it. It's just that... Uh, I've, I've been going back in my mind, uh, just taking uh, an inventory of how long we've been doing this, how long we've been at this, how long we've been warning, how long we've been telling people that judgment is coming, how long we've been encouraging people, insisting, pleading with people to repent and turn to Christ. Uh, it's been more than a minute. Uh, I was 12 years old when I started translating for my grandfather, the ministry began a couple of years before that. So uh, it's, it's been, you know, if someone is sickly enough, it's been an entire human lifetime. Uh, And that's saying something, but yeah, 714, that was the area code in Fullerton, California back in the day, probably still is. And I imagine if they gave that old phone number to somebody, um, they probably weren't very happy campers because the old phone number was to our apartment, but it was also printed in a lot of the books. Uh, the first couple of printings of Through the Fire and a couple of other books that my grandfather wrote uh, and I translated had that old phone number in them. And I'm sure they're making the rounds still because I, I see people. Uh, at meetings, I run into people, uh, and they go, wow, I saw you guys 20 years ago, and I still have the book. So if somebody got that phone number, I- I'm sure they got more than their fair share of, uh, hello, is this hand of help? Hello, is Brother Duneman there? Uh, and uh, they probably called Ma Bell and asked to transfer the number mighty quickly. Uh, well, even if we miss a day, it seems that the news just you know, gets ahead of us. There's a lot going on. Uh, Some of it I don't want to get into because it'll just make me angry. Uh, And uh, 
my little brother Daniel has a penchant, if you will, of sending me things that he knows will drive me over the brink. Uh, And that happened last week when he showed me, uh, apparently there's some homosexual choir in San Francisco. By the way, they pulled the video and they pulled it quickly because they realized, oh my, what have we just done? But it was an actual musical of sorts uh, telling parents exactly what their plans were, which was uh, to convert your children, to make them embrace homosexuality, perversion, and uh, all manner of other things. Uh, And there was enough of a backlash, I'm assuming, that they pulled that video. It's uh, currently being scrubbed from the interwebs. Because even though people like me and others have been telling you these people have an agenda, it's not about acceptance. It's not about, you know, live and let live. Their agenda is, is simple and clear and precise, and they put it in song because, well, you know, uh, that's what they do. And uh, there comes a point when your enemy is either so sure of itself or is so unconcerned with the consequences that your enemy will show its hand. And I think that more often recently than any other time, the enemy has been showing its hand. They've been telling you what they plan to do. And oddly enough, the propagandists and the people that uh, are, are, are supposed to control the narrative, have, have to come from behind and say, well, no, that's not really what they meant. You're hearing that more and more often, aren't you? Even from uh, the things that Mr. Robinette Biden has said, even from the things that uh, I want to be president someday, Kamala Harris has said, uh, the things that uh, the HHS secretary has said, Dr. Fauci has said. There are propagandists that have to clean up or quote-unquote explain that that's not really why they, what they meant, even though it's exactly what they meant. The only reason they have to play cleanup, the only reason they have to manage the situation is because they don't want to spook the average citizen. I just read a piece this morning with my morning coffee saying that uh, there, there are reputable individuals, both in government and former government officials, that are saying, if you refuse the vaccine, then you shouldn't be allowed to have a job and you shouldn't be allowed around children. Look, for the most part, most people, except for the really truly delusional ones that are still walking around with masks on, understand that 99 and change percent of individuals survive this with nearly a cough, perhaps a little fever. People with pre-existing conditions, sure, should take precautions. But that doesn't do anything to amp up the fear. And the thing that they need is to keep you afraid for long enough. They need to keep you afraid because fear makes people compliant. Fear makes people 
do things that are contrary to their own self-interest. How is it beneficial to you to stay home for a year and change and breathe through a piece of cloth that wouldn't stop a virus on its best day, hoping for a handout from the government, watching your savings deplete, getting foreclosure notices. How is it beneficial to you? It's not, but fear made you compliant, didn't it? Now, they have a problem. If it was just the old Rona, people wouldn't mind. Eh, whatever. We're over it. And so now, suddenly, out of the blue, as the kids like to say, new variants have popped up. And you have what? Uh, the, the, the Lambda. You have the other one. Just more and more variants, apparently, are just going to pop up. And wouldn't you know it? They're either more contagious or more deadly than their predecessors. But hey, if you go back in your house and you keep your mask on and get the jab, always get the jab, it'll be so easy for you. Just get the jab. And then you even get a free donut. And so what they're doing is they're marginalizing people who believe that they have an immune system. They're marginalizing people that look at the science, that look at the data and go, it's not worth it. I don't want to get Bell palsy. I'd rather just <laughs> a couple of days. Is that okay with you? No, it's not. We have to mark you. We have to put a letter on your chest. We have to come house to house and knock on your door. And if you're not vaccinated, we need to tell you why you're wrong. Do you understand that this is how tyranny begins? I'm going to throw that out there and, and, and let you masticate on it. That means chew on it for those of you that, you know, don't know what it means and think it was something naughty. I'll let you chew on it. This is how tyranny begins. Because first it's the knock on the door trying to convince you that you're wrong for saying, no, you know, I'm going to pass. I don't get sick in the winter. I don't get the flu. I think my immune system's okay. But you know, you can get a free donut and we'll put you in a lottery for a chance to win a million dollars. Just come on in, take the jab. But uh, the, the people that are in charge of the medicine are just... Uh, looking at the Johnson & Johnson thing again. Apparently more people are having side effects. Apparently more people are dying. What about that? Oh, don't, don't worry about it. You can take the other one. Well, but there's side effects with the other one too. There's perfectly healthy people dying after they take the jab. There's not so healthy people dying after they take the jab. There's people contracting coronavirus after they take the jab. Why would I put that in my body? Well, you want to be a part of the community, don't you? I already am. My friends aren't lunatics. My friends aren't crazy. They don't walk around with masks on even after they've gotten whatever. 
They understand that there's a low risk of mortality. It's not as any, anything more complicated than the common flu for most. And so, you know what? They'll take the gamble. Still America, free country, but no, no, no. You're not allowed to think freely. And so when their door-to-door influencer campaign doesn't work, guess what they will go to next? And I know, look, anybody that says that's not going to happen here uh, apparently has been in a coma for the last, what, 16, 18 months. A lot of things that a lot of people said could never happen here are happening here. And unless the average citizen prizes their freedom over being marginalized, over being ostracized, over being pointed at, over being laughed at, and unless that number swells and grows to a majority, these people will continue with their tyrannical tactics until Somebody will show up at your door, put you in cuffs, and forcibly vax you because it's for the greater good, is it now? Look, you need to understand that this is a perfect vehicle for them to assert power they never should have had in the first place. That's, that's, a, that's a heady saying. And I'm going to repeat it because it's important. This is a vehicle. This is a way for these people to assert power they never should have had in the first place. Understand that due to fear, and that's the only reason, due to fear, people, great and small, from rural lands and not-so-rural lands, gave up their freedoms. They thought it was only temporary. They thought, hey, two weeks. It's not going to be that bad. It's just two weeks. But see, now it's been over a year. Most people are over it. They've either had it and recovered and they have natural immunity to it, Or they're not afraid of getting it. And so now, the new variants have to be trotted out. And with each new variant, I promise you there will be some new twist. There will be some new danger. I'm waiting for them to say that it's going to be like the plagues of Egypt. This new variant only kills 13 and under. Males. Firstborns. People with red hair, gingers. Gingers are all going to die. Whatever it is they come up with, understand that the purpose of it is to make you fearful. And being fearful, you will do things and take actions contrary to to your own self-interest. Now, for the past few months, I've been hammering home the notion that the years of plenty in these United States of America are winding down. 
I got some emails from people agreeing. I got some emails from people disagreeing because those disagreeing apparently think that we can print money infinitum and not suffer the consequences thereof. Well, guess what, buttercup? Producer price inflation surges 7.3% higher than expected. That's a lot. Even, even somebody that's fresh uh, from across the border being welcomed by Kamala Harris into these United States and being called a better patriot than you suckers playing, paying your taxes. Even that individual will look at that number and go, oh, that's a lot. Prices received by U.S. businesses for goods and services rose by much more than expected in June, the Labor Department reported Tuesday. The producer price indexes rose 7.3% in June from 12 months earlier. The largest demand since 12-month data were first introduced in 2010. Compared with May, the index rose 1%. On average, this index rose by around 0.2% per month in the pre-pandemic Trump administration. Economists had been expecting an increase of 0.6% below the 0.8% initially reported for May on a 12-month basis. The consensus forecast was for 6.8%. So it's not as though (coughs) they didn't expect inflation. They expected inflation. They just didn't expect this much of it. They're has been free money flooding the market now for, I don't know, a year and a half. People are getting stimulus. Everybody's getting stimulus. Some people don't even want to work anymore because stimulus was so tasty that they forgot what it is to earn your daily bread with the sweat of your brow. So now... We're starting to see inflation creeping up at a faster pace than they expected. And if I were a wagering man, I would wager that they placed enough of a cushion in their estimates to make sure that, uh, you know, even if it's a little higher, it'll still be okay. So I guarantee you they maxed out at the percentage they thought which was 6.8. Well, surprise, surprise, it's higher than the 6.8. Nearly 60% of June advance in the index can be traced to a 0.8% increase in prices for final demand services. Index for final demand goods moved up 1.2%. 70% of PPI's gain is attributable to margins for trade services, which moved up 2.1%. Uh, In layman's terms, you're paying more for everything. That's the best way I can put it. I know. uh, What's PPI? What's index and final demand goods? It means when you go to the store and you want to buy something, you're paying more for it. Because everyone down the line from the trucker, because gas is higher in price, to the wholesaler, because they have to make a profit, 
has bumped their price. So guess what? You, my dear friend, have to pay more. 20% of the June increase in the services index can be traced to margins for automobiles and automobile parts retailing, which rose 10.5%. I've got a used car. I'm getting letters from car dealers offering to buy my used car because they're out of inventory. Uh, I was toying with the idea of renting a vehicle and driving to California for a conference that I'm supposed to speak at in September until my little brother, who is a price hawk, who knows the prices of everything, uh, said, "Uh, you you don't want to do that. I'm like, why wouldn't I want to do that? You pay, what, 30 bucks a day, and you can run it 7,000 miles in a week. It's amazing. He's all, that's what you think. Apparently, all the car companies sold their fleets, all the rental companies, and now they don't have any more cars. So a rental car that would have cost yours truly 30 bucks a day is now up to 100 bucks minimum because they sold off their fleet of used cars. There were new, no new cars to replace the old fleet. So there is a shortage. It's called a squeeze. They are squeezed. And so now I'm getting letters that my used car could be worth as much as I paid for it back two years ago, the added miles, because they need inventory to flip. So I understand why uh, automobile parts and automobile retail rose 10.5%, because there is demand and there is no supply. Prices for gasoline, meats, electric power, processed poultry, and motor vehicles all moved higher in June. Prices of industrial chemicals jumped 4.5% in the month. Sporting and athletic goods jumped 3%. So pretty much everything except for Pop-Tarts and ramen noodles. And if you're a fan of Pop-Tarts and ramen noodles, I would suggest, even encourage you to stock up because those will be going up in price shortly. We already talked about how there's less cereal in the same size cereal box. Uh, I don't know how they're going to work it with the Pop-Tarts or the ramen noodles, but they're going to have to do something. Everything is costing more. Even though we're running out of money to print. I know, I know. We, we can print this to infinity. To what end? Because this is only going to get worse. See, every, everything throughout history is cyclical. There are cycles of prosperity followed by cycles of poverty. There are cycles of relative peace followed by cycles of unimaginable war. And and most of the time, they go hand in hand when, when poverty or when the cycle of poverty begins. For the first couple of years, people just, you know, they, they bite their tongue and, 
you know, they, they tighten their belt and they hope that it reverses. But at some point, they run out of resources, and so begins the cycle of war. Because they need to get resources from somewhere, and in the end, the strong will butcher the weak in order to take what it has. And I know what some of you are thinking. Well, at least we're the strong. Are we now? Are we really? We're more concerned about transgender rights in the military than we are about the readiness of our military. If that's not a recipe for destruction, I don't know what is. But apparently nobody cares. It was just announced by the Senate Democrats Uh, that they are pushing forward a $3.5 trillion, that's T with a T, trillion with a T, $3.5 trillion reconciliation infrastructure proposal. Uh, How many bridges do you think are going to get built? Yeah, somebody's going to get rich. And if you trace the money, I promise you, it'll be somebody close to the family of every politician that is signing on to this. Senate Democrats announced Tuesday a $3.5 trillion reconciliation infrastructure proposal that otherwise would not make it into a bipartisan infrastructure deal. We are very proud of this plan, Senator Chuck Schumer, Democrat, New York, told reporters. We now, or we know we have a long road to go. We're going to get this done for the sake of making average Americans' lives a whole lot better. Well, I'm assuming that most of my audience is average American. I I don't believe that I'm uh, speaking to Upper West Side uh, multi-billionaires named Muffe that always seems to have a chihuahua on her arm. I'm assuming most of you, as per Chuck Schumer's words, are average Americans. Has your life gotten better or has it gotten worse over these past, I don't know, six, seven, eight months to a year? Just an honest question. Because this is always the tactic they use when they want to push some ungodly monstrosity through. It's for the average American. We want to make their lives better. Look, if you still think that politicians care about you and your well-being, if you still think that politicians care about your family, if you still think that politicians care, quite honestly, whether you live or die, 
you are sadly and sorely mistaken. The only thing that politicians care about is power and control. That's it. And if you're not aiding them in keeping, maintaining, or obtaining said power, then you're irrelevant to them until you become a hindrance, until you become a problem, until you start speaking up, until you start being disobedient. I know. You're an adult. What do you mean disobedient? Well, that's, that's what they're demanding, isn't it? Obedience, subservience. Do as we tell you. Dr. Fauci warned you, keep your mask on. And if you refuse to keep your mask on, they'll come to your house. They'll knock on your door. Scary times. And they're just getting started. This is the one thing that, that, again, some people just don't get. They're only getting started. This isn't the end play. They're trying to extend this fear, this control, this coronavirus as much as they can because they're not done. So, the next thing, because, you know, some people are making a lot of money off of this vaccine thing. The next uh, natural progression will probably be a booster shot. And the Surgeon General has just conceded that indubitably, indeed, without doubt or reservation, coronavirus booster shots are possible. Uh, I would say highly likely, because I do a little research. See uh, whose family members invested in Pfizer and Moderna. before they announced they had a vaccine. Just a thought. And just so you know, this gravy train is too rich to not continue to just... So if you are one of those people that was either talked to, convinced, or decided to get jabbed, guess what? You're not done. Now they're going to have boosters probably every year, then every six months. And eventually you're going to have so many chemicals coursing through your body, you're going to be glowing in the dark. And then when the tumors start, you're going to be wondering, well, what are these from? I didn't use baby powder. I, I can't. Look, I, I, I've made it very clear. I don't believe this is the mark of the beast. 
but it sure does put into place the mechanisms for implementing something like that, doesn't it? So the Surgeon General, you know, it's not Dr. Fauci, but it's the Surgeon General. It is certainly possible all Americans eventually will be advised to get a booster shot for the coronavirus or of the coronavirus vaccine, the nation's top doctor conceded Tuesday night. Uh, Look who bought Pfizer and Moderna Monday morning. His concession regarding the possible third shot came on the same night former Obama administration Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius said Americans, listen to this, because they kept calling Trump a tyrant. And I know even those of you that didn't vote for him, listen to this. These are your people. And this is what they're saying. Show me. One thing Trump did in four years that was in the same ballpark of tyranny as this nonsense. Health and Human Secret Service Secretary Kathleen Sebelius, or former, said Americans who have not received the coronavirus vaccine should not be allowed to work or have access to children and be limited on where they are allowed to go. I'm going to read that again so you understand the level, the level of tyranny that these people want to implement. Former Obama administration Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius said that Americans who have not received the coronavirus vaccine should not be allowed to work So you shouldn't be allowed to earn your daily bread. You shouldn't be allowed to provide for your family. You shouldn't be allowed to keep a roof over your head. You shouldn't be allowed to be able to pay your mortgage or your insurance or anything else. You should be allowed to die for the high crime of refusing the coronavirus vaccine. Are you listening? Second, They shouldn't have access to children, and they should be limited on where they are allowed to go. But I want to go to the store. Nope. Get your vaccine first, and then double mask, and then put some duct tape on your rectum in case you decide to fart, because that's how you can track the virus, too. How far will these people be allowed to go? Well, apparently further because nobody's saying anything. They're afraid because they understand that their own government has now been weaponized against them. They're hunting down people that are quote-unquote conservative. They're shutting down YouTubes. They're shutting down ways of people receiving compensation. If you don't blend into the narrative, if you don't nod your head in unison, if you don't bow, so you shouldn't be allowed to work or have access to children and be limited on where you're allowed to go. Why not hopscotch over all that and just 
put everyone that refuses the vaccine in an internment camp. Huh? Just some big fenced-in areas over this. Over... (coughs) Oh my, I had a fever for a day. For his part... Murdy advised officials to make their assessments on what we're really looking for is clear evidence that immunity is waning, such as breakthrough infections in the vaccinated population. He says that may trigger a recommendation for booster shots. So guess what's going to happen shortly? there will begin to be a spike of breakthrough infections in the vaccinated population because this is money. This is billions upon billions of dollars at play. You think they're going to give that up? So the only remedy to this is for people to either tune them out or not be afraid and actively resist Any individual who says, hey, if you don't do this thing, we should keep you from having a job or being near children or, you know, going wherever you want to go. Yeah, we'll do that. He also said it's certainly very possible a third shot will be recommended for immunocompromised or vulnerable Americans such as those on chemotherapy. We're looking closely at the population, he says, adding, when the data suggests a booster dose is needed, it will be recommended. Well, the number of individuals uh, voluntarily taking the jab is plummeting faster than a snowball off of Everest. Those that wanted it have gotten it, period. Now, those that don't want it are being vilified. Those that don't want it are being criminalized. Those that don't want it are being called all manner of things. Listen to this. I don't know if you know who Joy Behar is. And if you don't, that's probably for the best. Uh, Let's just say that she has a very punchable face and leave it at that. This is uh, Julie Behar's take on the whole vaccine thing. Joy Behar told her co-host Tuesday on ABC's The View that teenagers who want the COVID-19 vaccine should be able to get it without their parents' consent. Well, they're getting abortions without their parents' consent. What's a jab, huh? Huh? Huh, Joy? Isn't that just the most inappropriate name for an individual? What, do you think her parents would still named her, would have still named her Joy if they knew how she'd turn out? I don't know. Co-host Whoopi Goldberg said, Joy, should teens take matters into their own hands if they feel they should get vaccinated in school? Behar said, 
We like to think we're smarter than our kids, but a lot of times the kids are smarter than their parents. Yes, indeed, Joy. The kids are smarter than their parents. Spend 10 minutes on YouTube watching epic fails. And then you'll understand that the kids aren't smarter than their parents, Joy. I've experienced my daughter having more sense than I at various times in my life. Well, didn't take much. I would give them more credit. These kids are watching a room full of people at that CPAC convention applauding the fact that Biden's not going to reach his vaccination goal. Look, there are no kids wanting to get the vaccine. There aren't teenagers standing in line. Unless you're offering free beer or a jello shot with every vaccine, you're not going to get the young people running in droves to get jabbed. Sorry, not going to happen. They're applauding the freedom to get sick and die. And, and ah, look at how they frame it. Look, look, look at how, how, how they frame the narrative. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you're four people getting sick and dying. Actually, I don't have a problem if someone else chooses to get vaccinated. I'm not going to force you not to. But if I'm not going to force you not to get vaccinated, why are you trying to force me to get vaccinated? See, no, nobody's framing the narrative in that way. They're watching their parents behave really stupidly, is what Joyce said. In my opinion, I think that these kids should be allowed to make their own decisions, frankly. A lot of times with the kids, I don't want to bring abortion into this, but sometimes, oh, well, there you go. She just brought abortion into it. Wouldn't you know it? But sometimes you have young girls who are afraid to tell their parents they're pregnant because some uncle has molested them. Why do we go directly to uncle molestation? Because that pulls on the heartstrings, doesn't it, Joy? It's not that she's promiscuous. It, 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 it's, it's not that... I'm not even going to go there. But there you go. This is Joy's example. She got pregnant because some uncle molested them or some horrible thing has happened to them, and they can't get permission to get an abortion. I think sometimes kids should have the ability to do what the science is telling them to do. The science, dear Joy, Les, telling children or teenagers, that their immune system, if it is functioning properly or at least average, will make it so that they won't even know they have coronavirus. Can you imagine that? Most young people under 30 don't even know they've had it. That's how severe and deadly it is. Why are you applauding the freedom to get sick and die? 
Why don't you just want to live like a slave and show up every three months and get jabbed? And when you start growing an elbow out of the side of your face, well, you know, things happen. It's just a small percentage. It's just a small percentage. I, again, I... And every time I have to circle back to this, I know I've become the the, the press secretary. I'm circling back to this. We deserve it. Every single thing that's coming, we deserve. There's no weaseling out of it. We can't look back and go, well, you know, God was a little harsh for allowing this. We deserve everything that's coming down the pipe. And we've talked about this on and off. And we will continue to talk about it because important. Because you need to understand and you need to prepare so that you are not caught Unaware. Now, another thing we talked about, again, on and off, is that with the increase in poverty, there will also be an increase in crime. Right now, most of the crime being committed is is crime of opportunity. At some point, it will shift to crimes of desperation. Even though we're still in the era of of, of crime of opportunity, you basically need a bulletproof vest to go through a place like Chicago or L.A. or San Francisco nowadays. I saw this article, and I'm... Look, it's, it's not meant to be levity... But it does make a point. KTS Dre, a Windy City area rap artist, was shot 64 times. 64 times. In an ambush sprung outside the Cook County Jail in Chicago over the weekend. Now, the reason I mention this isn't the fact that 64 times is a lot of times to get shot. But because the young man had a target tattooed on his throat. So there was a target tattooed on his neck. And he ended up getting shot 64 times. Maybe that's why the shooters didn't miss. They were aiming for the target. All right. That was it. I, that, that's, it's sad. It's horrible. Ah, but you got to take your moments where you find them, I guess. Uh, now, don't worry about it. It's not just the you know, homosexual community that's coming after your kids. It's also this nonsense about critical race theory and how simply being white should be enough for you to hate yourself 
to death. It's being pushed in the schools because if you can propagandize and indoctrinate children early enough, well, then you've got nothing to fear with the coming generation. But thankfully, there are parents fighting back because they realize the dangers of this. We can still affect change by standing up and making our voices heard. We can still affect change by drawing a line in the sand and saying, no, we're not going past this point. Now, what you need to understand is that once you do that, you're going to get a lot of pushback. But it's to be expected. The only two choices that you have are either comply, submit, do what you're told, be silent, pay your taxes, and die, basically, or be bold and brave enough, stand up for what you believe in. to say, this far, no further, and to push back. Because they will never stop. No matter how much you give, there will be more that they will want to take. No matter how many concessions you make, there will always be something else that will be demanded of you if you want to live peaceably. And guess what? Once you make that concession, they'll go on to something else. Once you make that concession, they'll say, thanks for this. However... We want something else from you. It never stops. And this is why the old adage that you don't negotiate with terrorists is viable to this day. You don't negotiate with terrorists, especially when they're threatening your children especially when they're threatening the future of your children, especially when they are very open about the very real desire to make you a serf and a slave and a servant, to own nothing, to be a little worker bee. Clock in, clock out, go home. Go to sleep, wake up, clock in, clock out, go home. They even went a step further. Now oh, you don't even have to come and you don't even need to come and clock in. Just work from home in your pajamas and we'll pay you. 
you need to understand what their master plan is. And you also need to understand that we're just getting started. They haven't stopped. They're not going to stop until they are stopped. And the way they are stopped is by an overwhelming majority casting off fear and actually standing up for once. What, Joy Behar is going to say something mean about me? That's right. I'm an adult and I just made a fart noise with my lips. That's what I think about Joy Behar saying something mean about me. Call me whatever you want. Call me simple, call me stupid, call me backwards. It's not going to happen, lady. And no, I'm not celebrating people getting sick and dying. People are free to do what they wish. But if you're free to do what you wish, Joy, I'm also free to do what I wish. See, that's called equality. And if you want to propose that we're no longer equal, well then we really do have a problem, don't we? You see, I I, I didn't even get into this, but did you hear about all all the, the, the Texas state representatives that just got on a plane and flew away because they didn't want to take a vote? This is how the other side acts. They're all about the Constitution when it suits them. They're all about the Bill of Rights when it suits them. They're all about the amendments when it suits them. They're all about democracy when it suits them. But the minute they feel the wind shifting, upturn the entire apple cart. Because as I've told you before, the only thing they are concerned with is power. That's it. Naked power. Control over you, your life, your children, what you do, where you live, how you live, what you buy, where you buy it, and everything else. If you want to live like a slave, that's on you. Me, I think I'll pass. So with that, thank you for joining us. Again, happy birthday, Gino. Uh, We'll be with you again next week, Lord willing. And uh, we'll see what happens within the coming week. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. And Gino, if you've got anything to say, it's all yours. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate the birthday wishes. I'm 64. But I just thank God for every day of life. It's always a gift. I think Mike reiterated where we're at, you know, with uh, America's running towards two things, socialism, and with socialism comes dictatorship, you know, rule over the people, 
take away freedom. As Mike said, they'll eventually try to take guns away. And we are needing as the church to stand up like never before. It's going to get rough. I wrote a song called Stand With God, and it literally says, even if I take a jail cell, the law, I will stand with God. I played that last Saturday in Indiana. And I usually play it as the last song at the concerts we do. Because I think it's coming. Hate crimes against the church. Preach against homosexuality. Got to report to some form of bureaucratic bureau. But the Lord said, you know, even to go to death in his name, a martyr, someone who will not run away from persecution and who stands for God. The America of, you know, George Washington's day. And the other point I want to make is I voted yesterday for a Christian guy running for 37th Assembly. And when I walked in, the the voting people told me only 20% of the people vote. 80% did not take the time to vote. And the Democratic guy came 700 votes from winning. Thankfully, Thankfully, he lost. Apathy is like a cancer, you know. And if you don't vote, then you have some apathy. You might say, well, it don't matter if I vote. It matters that you vote. It matters that you vote at a school board meeting. It matters that you go to one. Right now, the church has to be involved in their local Jerusalem. So that all these crazy things like critical race theory and wokeism and all these demonic and socialistic things, God can give us the power to have victory and to see this stuff shut down, at least where we live and at least on a local level. So with that, I would uh, urge you go to handtohelp.com if you can and get the CD, Stand With God. It's uh, got 12 songs about standing up for our faith. Thank you so much for listening to the Light of Truth broadcast. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com. Or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you.